1: Hi and welcome to Military Mom Talk Radio on this Memorial Day. This is Robin Boyd with you. Sandra Beck and I are hoping you've had a day of reflection and thinking of all of our military and veterans, whether they're here with us or whether they remain in our hearts. I was able to spend a little time at our family cemetery and planting flowers there. There were many parades across the country, concerts and tributes, which I hope all reflect our gratitude to those who've served for the freedom in which we live. Today, we'd like to revisit a couple of our past guests who've had stories very significant for Memorial Day, and also share a little music. There are a number of songwriters that express such poignant stories. Every so often, my husband and I stay up late just listening to music, finding a few new ones to add to the old playlist. One song in particular he's always loved, and I just thought it was because it was a great song, but when I was looking for songs for this show, he brought this one up again and said how much this song meant to him. He said when he was in Vietnam, the one thing the guys would all talk about was their car, what car they either had waiting for them or the dream car they were going to get as soon as they got home. It then put this song by David Ball in a whole new perspective and why it's so special to my veteran. Here's writing with Private Malone.
2: I was just out of the service slumming through the classifiers When an ad that said old Chevy Somehow caught my eye The lady didn't know the year Or even if it ran But I had that thousand dollars in my hand Was way back in the corner of this old ramshackle barn With thirty years of dust and dirt on that green army tarp And when I pulled the cover off It took away my breath What she called a Chevy Was a 66 Corvette I felt a little guilty as I counted out the bills What a thrill I got when I sat behind a wheel I opened up the glove box And that's when I found the note The date was 1966 And this is what he wrote He said my name is Private and Andrew Malone And if you're reading this Then I didn't make it home But for every dream that shattered. Another one comes true This car was once a dream of mine Now it belongs to you Though you may take her And make her your own You'll always be riding With Private Malone Well it didn't take me long at all I had her running good love to hear those horses thunder underneath her hood I had her shining like a diamond and I'd put the red top down all the pretty girls would stop and stare as I drove her through town the buttons on the radio didn't seem to work quite right but it picked up that oldie show especially late at night I'd get Sometimes if I turn real quick I'd see A soldier riding shotgun in the seat right next to me It was a young man named Private Andrew Malone Who fought for his country and never made it home But for every dream that shattered Another one comes true This car was once a dream of his Back when it was new He told me to take her and make her my own And I was proud to be riding with Private Malone But One night it was raining hard I took the curve too fast I still don't remember much about that fiery crash One said they thought they saw a soldier pull me out They didn't get his name But I know without a doubt It was a young man named Private Andrew Malone Who fought for his country and never made it home But for every dream that shattered Another one comes true This car was once a dream of his back when it was new. And I know I wouldn't be here if he hadn't tagged along. Oh, thank God I was riding with Private Malone.
1: In March, we were visited by author Richard Geschke. In, in Our Duffel Bags, Richard and co-author Robert Toto narrate the stories and experiences of what junior Army officers faced as citizen-soldiers during pre-voluntary military service from 1969 to 1972. This memoir provides an inside view of the military on the training fields of the Cold War in West Germany and on the combat fields of Vietnam. It presents a poignant and detailed drawing of what junior officers contended with during these turbulent times in American history, and then the authors expanded their horizons of their original book with a poetic interpretation of life in the Army. With Shadows of Combat, the reader will sense the history that took place in this crucial time. We'll have that interview for you right after this break on Military Mom Talk Radio.
3: place and a feast. Join host Velasi Venkatachalam every week to explore myths, mystique, old medicine and brilliant modern solutions through a dazzling kaleidoscope of cuisines, cultures and cures. This is the place where tribes gather, strangers and familiars, to be memory keepers and makers of our evolving, enduring, evergreen, spoken legacy of wisdom and ingenuity. In Veloci's words, when we do old things in new ways and new things in old ways, we paint with an inspired palette weave our own healing traditions and become our own guru. Velasi is a troubadour of secret cuisines and sacred rituals. She collects stories of wisdom, ingenuity, and grit. She believes wellness and transformation happen when you stand at the threshold of delight and discovery. She displays her hidden penchant for drama when she leads the safari at the supper club. Her favorite pastime is to extol the marvels of cuisines, cultures, and cures to her audience in workplaces, seminars, and salons. Her mantra is, be your own guru. She is a biochemist, botanist, and alchemist who likes to churn delightful, useful things from a brew of art and science, ancient and evolving, old medicine, and new cures. Join Velocity every Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network.
0: It's talking Smack with Beth, the real sports mom. It's one hour of hot topics that matter to sports moms and athletes. We'll be bringing you tips and advice from the leaders in youth sports today, as well as some inspiring stories from athletes and sports moms. With our own Sports Moms Roundtable, you're invited to be part of our show. We strive to educate and empower sports moms everywhere. Join us for Talkin' Smack with Beth, the real sports mom, every
4: Thursday at 12 noon central, right here on the Toby Net Radio Network. Put a
2: boot in your ass, it's-
5: Hey, military moms! This is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd. And I love when the authors come on, Rob. It's always so interesting when they write books about you know just there's so many topics. You know, when you think of the genre of military writers, I don't know how mm-hmm. you can can cover it.
1: There's so many different perspectives because there's so many different people and so many different experiences. And I think one of um, the books that really hit us. Uh, to heart here at home, was in our duffel bags. Um, My husband is a Vietnam veteran, and I have to say, when he read these uh, uh, portions of the book, and I have to say, it's framed very nicely because you have almost like uh, little vignettes, if you will, little uh, glimpses of their experiences. He says, I've finally found a a validation of what I've been carrying around all of my adult life and that just really hit me in that um, and I guess I need a moment to say this because for all of the years that my husband has been a veteran, there has been a lot that he has carried inside. And we see a lot of the external wounds. We do see some of the um, ramifications, say, of some of the PTSD um, effects. But what is being held in each of these uh, military people's hearts is a very difficult thing to expose. And I appreciate both Richard and Robert for writing these books just for that reason.
5: Wow, Rob, that's amazing. But you're right, you're right. I mean, the written word for somebody like me who wasn't even born yet when this experience happened, and to be able to experience it just through the written word and, and mm. have some understanding and some compassion and some and at least a frame of reference. You know, it's yes. so hard.
1: Richard, let's say hello to you. Richard Gashke, uh, thank you so much for writing in our duffel bags. Welcome. Hello.
6: Welcome. Uh, Thank you very much. I I appreciate for you having me on, and uh, I look forward to answering some of your questions that you may have about both
1: the books. Mm. Both books were very unique, but yet um, almost worked hand in hand, because I think some of the experiences in our duffel bags were so poignant. as, As my husband would be reading through them, he'd say, Yes, and I could see him nodding his head, and I could say, okay, where, what nerve did that one hit? How um, did you recollect all of these after you had been home for a while, or had you always been a writer and sort of kept a, a journal as you went through these years?
6: Well, it all, it all started with my son. He, uh, he knows that I'm a fairly good writer, and uh, basically what I did was uh, adhere to what he said. He said, Dad, you should write a book. And I, I went ahead and wrote it. And it's amazing that uh, how you recollect things as you go along. And like Bob and I emailed each other back when we were doing this. Um, I started the whole project and I got him involved in it. He's got PTSD. And uh,
7: mm-hmm.
6: actually he was able to trigger a lot of my memories i've got a pretty good memory i can remember things back to 1950 for god's sake so as we were doing it i started saying to myself my god we did this did we really do this and you forget it's 40 some years after the fact and we buried these memories Mm -hmm. uh Uh, Because at the time when we came back, it wasn't like the guys coming back from Afghanistan or Iraq. We were looked down upon, and we were shunned. And uh, so we basically melded back into society as best we could. And uh, so when we did this, it became a two-year project, and it became very, very uh, intense.
1: Intense indeed. I can imagine how... how, Well, let me ask, how did you and Bob meet?
6: Uh, Well, it's in the book. Uh, He was uh, walking down the portico of the officers' billets in Fort Benning, Georgia,
7: on Mm -hmm. October
6: 31st, uh, 1969. Uh, That's Halloween night. The next day was All Saints Day. And uh, from that point on, uh, Bob and I have been friends from then on. uh, He was the best man at my wedding.
5: You know, um, I want to ask you for, for our listeners who haven't read your book or are not familiar with your work. Can you tell us a little bit about your military career, a little bit about yourself? I mean, this book is so amazing and it's so deep. The person, you know, where did you come from? Where did you grow up? You know, how did you end up, you know, in the service? What, what You know, can you give your story to our listeners? You know, kind of the behind the scenes look.
6: Yeah, absolutely. I was born in Cleveland, Ohio, back in 1947. Uh, Went to Kent State University, of all universities, uh, and I graduated there before the incident happened in 1970. Mm -hmm. In fact, I was in Germany when that incident happened. Uh, I graduated in ROTC in August of 1969, as did Bob. And uh, then we went to Fort Benning, Georgia. We were uh, infantry officers. And from Fort Benning, we went to Fort Bliss for a red Eye missile school. And from Fort Bliss, we uh, drove. In, in fact, it gives our trek from uh, El Paso all the way from Cleveland to Methuen, Massachusetts. And mm. we went to Germany. We were in Germany for 18 months. And then from Germany, we went to... Uh, <laughs> Panama for Jungle Warfare School, and then we went to Vietnam. And that all happened in a period of 29 months.
8: Wow. Yep. Not too,
6: yeah, many, ROT- not too many ROTC officers are able to say that they went to those places. Normally, the <laughs> officers that went to those places were West Pointers or career officers. We were yeah. what was known as volunteer officers. So we did the grand tour. We never really saw the United States that much. We were all always overseas.
1: And I love how um, the book, it, it's not necessary to read in our duffel bags from start to finish. I love that there are little excerpts, that there are little stories that one can pick up at any time. And then Bob's wonderful toto moments all throughout <laughs> the book. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah were all of these sort of as you sat together you all came up with uh oh remember this or did you ever do that or um something about a vw bug or
6: <laughs> well you know the thing of it is is the toto moments that was my idea because i wanted to sprinkle bob in there uh yeah. basically the basic outline of all this was done by me but then we filled in everything as we went along so that's why mm-hmm. it took us two years but it was really great to, to do it because bob would would kind of needle me in, in emails he says you why didn't you do the story about the lost pilot I said, what are you talking <laughs> about the lost pilot and he says remember you were down in Schaffenberg, and this pilot got lost and he was with a general he didn't know where he was and you directed him where he was supposed to go and i said Oh, my God, yes, I do remember that. And and I would do the same thing to him. He was stationed in Berlin. Uh, oh. But uh, it's really funny because it's comical in a way because I was on, on the line with the infantry unit, uh, mechanized infantry unit, 3rd Infantry Division uh, in Germany for the 3rd Infantry Division, and then Bob was in the prestigious Berlin Brigade on staff duty, and he never saw anything out in the field. I was constantly out in the field. Mm. And uh, when we went to Vietnam, I ended up in the combat engineers as an infantry officer, and he ended up as uh, uh, an infantry lieutenant on the line. And that's uh, he got into a, a many scraps there, which he did not bring uh, up in the book.
1: Mm-hmm. I have to say um, there are so many things that, as I say, touched home in our house. I have to say one in particular, uh, Richard, and we're going to have to have you back another time perhaps to talk more because um, we are running toward the end of the show. There's one poem in Shadows of Combat called Tattoo. And I don't have time to read the whole thing, but I do have to say a glimpse of it. Um, How can a country which was so astute as to win the Cold War be so clueless in their politics concerning a civilian war in Vietnam? Most of them never served, but had no problem sending millions to serve in a long and senseless war, a war without a clear mission and lacking good purpose. And I'm skipping many stanzas, but I'm going to clip to the end. Maybe, just maybe, they will start to care, start to understand what we did. Maybe, just maybe, we will be welcomed home in a different light of true concern and thanked for that service so long ago.
6: Yeah. That's the
3: way I felt.
1: It's a very... Yeah, yep. And every one of you have carried this. And... um If any of you in the audience needs to um, help getting some of that out of your heart, I I highly recommend you go and find Shadows of Combat and find In Our Duffel Bags. And Richard's last name is spelled G-E-S-C-H-K-E, and Robert's last name is spelled T-O-T-O. And where can we find these books, Richard?
6: Amazon.com and by the way Shadows of Combat is also an audiobook too.
1: Oh fantastic. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. We appreciate this so much Richard. Um, God bless and thank you so much for writing these books and um, touching our hearts as I know you're touching so many other hearts as well and thank you for your service.
6: Thank you so much. Thank you
7: very much.
4: on DoggyNet.com, it's time to capture the simple piece of the Amish in your own life. Amish wisdom with Suzanne Woods Fisher Thursday afternoons at five, four central each week. Suzanne will have conversations with guests about living a life that incorporates principles of the Amish without going Amish. She'll cover the practical, simplicity, slowing down, reducing clutter, putting the brakes on materialism. The historical: How have the Amish survived for four hundred years? How can we hold on to what we hold dear? and the spiritual treasuring important values honoring the past and increasing peace of mind you don't have to become amish to make personal peace a reality amish wisdom will help all of us live a simpler life for more information go to suzannewoodsfisher.com with amish wisdom suzanne offers us a glimpse into a world of peace serenity and total commitment to family and god this show just might change the way you live your life it's Amish Wisdom with Suzanne Woods-Fisher, Thursday afternoons at 5, 4 Central, on toginet.com.
7: No God bless the USA.
0: Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd.
1: Welcome back, everyone. This is Robin Boyd with you on this Memorial Day. Sandra and I wanted to share a wonderful author with you. Judy Brizendine has written a book and companion journal entitled Stunned with Grief. As an author, blogger, and speaker, Judy is a woman with a passionate mission that developed through a tragic loss. The statement, out of your deepest pain comes your greatest gift, describes her experience. Let's tune in to our chat with Judy Brizendine.
5: Um, we've got Judy Brizantine coming up, and she has written this great book about grief. It was kind of like my Bible uh, through some of the loss that I suffered over the past couple years, Rob. And my little boy, uh, who's 11 now, when he was mm-hmm. 10, he got a copy of the Grief Journal from Judy. And mm-hmm. um, he wrote in it, and he uses it. And it's just beautifully done, and it's a great resource for anybody who is struggling and suffering. So I'd love to bring uh, Judy right on and have her introduce herself to our audience even though she's a repeat this might be the first time you've heard Judy on our show.
8: Hello. Judy are you with us? Hey, <laughs> I'm here yes it's great to be here. Oh it's great
5: to have you back so can you give a little backstory for our listeners today uh, who might not have heard your uh, show last year and you guys can check it out on iTunes under Judy Brizantine Military Mom Talk Radio.
8: Well, I'm actually, um, I was a military wife for almost 21 years. My husband was, um, a career, um, officer in the, in the Marine Corps. And just a few years after he retired from the Marine Corps, um, he went on a mountain bike ride and he suddenly died. And that really, um, changed the entire direction of my life, um, And not in a bad way. I mean, it was the most devastating and the most difficult thing that I've ever been through in my life. But um, incredible good has come through it after, you know, the process of working through um, his death and the loss and all of the um, adjustments that came along with that. Um, You know, that that I say on my website that out of your deepest Pain can come your greatest gift. And for me, that was really true because I discovered, I mean, I completely changed career directions and everything. After this experience, I discovered that I could use my story to help people and to give them hope and inspiration because, quite frankly, when when I encountered that grief for myself, um, it was like becoming shell-shocked. I mean, I didn't know what had hit me. I didn't know what was happening. I didn't understand it or any of those things and um it was a process to really learn about grief and to learn how to work through it and what you know what's required um because frankly, I didn't realize that anything was required of me. I thought it was something that just happened to me, mm. and um it's a crucial, crucial thing for people because um, grief doesn't just accompany death. You know, it accompanies any significant loss, whether it's a person or relationship in our life. You know, something else of, of huge importance. Your, you know, your career. Um, some people. So many people in recent years have lost their homes. You know, your health, there there are so many things that are um, deep losses, and those losses result in grief that we have to do something about. And what we decide to do about that and how we handle it affects not only our lives right now, but our future and the people around us. And, you know, it's just crucially important what we do with this. And so um, it became really a passion for me to reach out and help people because of what I have been through.
1: Now, Judy, was the writing process of your books, Done by Grief, uh, a cathartic effort for you, or had you really felt the purpose to uh, sort of sum up everything that you had been through and, and derive all of these thoughts and action steps from other people that um, were helpful?
8: You know, by the time I wrote the book, which was um, about eight years after my husband died, he died in 1998, I didn't start writing the book until 2006. I'm sure there were cathartic moments in the writing of the book. I mean, I think, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's just the natural um, outcome of that. But I had really processed my grief by the time I sat down to write this book and I had already um, remarried just, um, you know, a few years, a couple years prior to that. And my husband, my husband now, and I had facilitated grief support groups together for several years. And so there was really a whole process in so many people that, you know, whose lives hmm. had, that we had touched through this. So much that had come out of it. I had done a ton of research, read many, many books, and um, so really, it was the outcome of of the process and and all of the people and experiences that you know that I had come in contact with, and just really the um, well, I just really felt that there was something that needed to be said. You know that I could add something very useful and and helpful to people because of what I had learned. And I wanted to put it in the simplest terms possible. You know, this is not a bunch of, you know, scientific, um, hard-to-read, you know, kind of things. It's very practical. It's very personal. It's very revealing. So people can read this book and come out of it with a strong understanding and an absolute sense of what they need to do to work through the grief. Well,
5: and I just want to clarify a couple things for the listeners today. Like if you're struggling with things like for me, um, I had a really charmed life until I was about 40 years old. I really didn't, you know, I lost my grandparents, you know, but that was expected. And, you know, I never really had any really difficult hardship, Judy. So when I did get divorced and my mom died and, you know, I lost my Flagstaff home, you know, things like that and, you know, lost my finances and um, gosh, I didn't have a tool set to even know what was happening to me and it's not like they teach you in school or even you know like even in my religious education which I've had extensive religious education growing up (laughs) sorry excuse me you know they teach you to pray and stuff but I really didn't know what was going on with me. I really thought I was losing my mind at one point. Um, And one of the things that I loved about your book is you you have these little checklists. You're like, you know, like, do you feel confused or sad or emotional? And I'm like, oh, my God, check, 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 check. (laughs) And it was the first time, like, I know it sounds really corny and hokey-dokey, but like the seas parted and it was like, oh, this is what's going on, because I only knew grief as sadness, and I really didn't understand profound grief, and I really didn't understand what true loss meant, you know, never having experienced it, and since I didn't experience it till I was much older, I kept going in my head, going, what the heck's going on? I'm confused. I'm making mistakes. Everything is cloudy and foggy, and it seems unreal, and, you know, it just really knocks you on your you-know-what, and and you don't even know what's going on. Did you
8: have that experience, too? Everything that you said is normal. And absolutely yes. I was 47 until um, until you know this happened. I had never been through anything that compared to this at all. And you're totally right. We don't grow up learning about grief. We don't know anything about it. We don't know what to expect. We think uh, literally most, I would say, 99.9% of people going through profound grief will think they're losing their mind because um, we're not prepared for what happens to us. And like you, I mean, first of all, I didn't understand what was happening to me. I didn't even know there was anything I was supposed to do that I needed to do. You know, we kind of have this concept, I think oftentimes that grief, you know, something happens, something tragic, something devastating. You know, we expect a grief to, you know, we expect grief to go along with it. But what that means to us oftentimes is we think this grief will, you know, come and kind of sit on our shoulder and we'll, you know, we'll feel sad and, um, really devastated for a period of time and then at some point when it's been long enough you know this grief will just lift and we'll get back to life as normal it doesn't happen that way and if we think it happens that way and we're relying on that to you know as our way of processing grief and and working through it it's not going to happen because we have to do something you know Mm -hmm. we have to be proactive there are things steps to take we have to process this in order to get all of those feelings and everything that's going on inside of us up and out and you know be able to begin to start adjusting to the changes you know that's one thing Mm. that just accompanies loss i mean loss change accompanies loss whether it's a good change um you know it's it's part of it And it's something that we have to learn to adjust our lives to because our lives have changed. You know, something has happened, and things are different now. Judy, we've got a break coming up.
1: Mm -hmm. We have a break coming up, Judy. And on the other side, I want to get more into that uh, proactiveness that we have to turn into being vulnerable to being proactive. And that's very difficult because sometimes that has to the only one that can do that is ourselves our our inner self and we have to find that strength and one of the best resources that i've seen is your journal so on the other side of the break we're going to continue chatting with judy Brizendine um here on military mom talk radio
0: Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system, keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd, and we'll be right back after these.
4: Do you feel like when you watch a cooking show or read a food magazine that the recipes are not practical for a busy family? Do you wish you could have a conversation with someone about the best way to get dinner on the table fast after a long day at work? Are you tired of cooking dinner only to have your family turn up their nose at all of your hard work? Do you want to hear more about healthy living and finding more time to find your passion in life? Well, pull up a chair and visit with Heather Tallman, host of Around the Kitchen Sink. Thursday nights at 10 p.m. here on Tugnet Radio.
5: Hey, Military Moms. This is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd. And for those of you that are just joining us on today's show, you can find uh, this show and lots of other great episodes from Military Mom Talk Radio on iTunes. You can also find it on our website by the same name, MilitaryMomTalkRadio.com, and our host station, Toginet, out of Texas. You can find over 150 hours of family-friendly military programming. Um, um, we are visiting today, sorry for the big um, but we are visiting today with Judy Brizendine and she wrote this great book called Blinded, or I'm Stunned by Grief. What is it, Blinded by Grief? I don't know. I was, I was just stunned. Stunned. By- stunned. Yeah, I was stunned, blinded, knocked on my ass, you name it, by grief. Um, and one of the things that I wanted to, to segue with you, Judy, is one of the things that you were saying is like you can be proactive in helping yourself get through the grieving process. And Robin, you said something about, you know, it's something that, you know, only you can do. And I'm going to just buzz in right now and go, absolutely. And that whole thing about like, this too shall pass, like, I get it. You know, I get that time heals all and everything, but... Time can really drag on if you don't do anything. And you just, that whole thing about like this too shall pass, it kind of gives us that illusion, at least it did for me, that all I had to do was sit back and let the calendar days go by and Mm -hmm. somehow all this grief would resolve itself. Um, Didn't. (laughs) It didn't. Kind of hung on like an old ugly friend that I couldn't get rid of or a bad boyfriend.
8: No, and you're not alone. You know, that's what so many of us think until we learn about it.
5: So what do you do? How do you step forward? You know, we've got so many uh, people who who are changed forever as a result of this latest war that's been going on for 10 years. And not only are they changed, but families are changed. And, you know, there's just so much to mourn i think a lot of times and we don't really talk about this with military service but there is a lot to mourn i've talked to some kids recently whose dad is in the service and they're like you know we're so proud of my dad but you know he gave so much to his country and he wasn't here for us and you know Mm -hmm. that to me was a grieving those kids Mm -hmm. had a right to grieve that they had a right to feel that
8: well there's a lot of stress involved too when when the families are separated when You know, your loved one is in um, an area that, you know, a war zone, an area where things can happen. And um, there's stress involved in that. And that's difficult over time. And, again, that's, you know, it's all wrapped up into this experience that it is in um, many ways an experience of loss because, you know, there is that separation. There's time that can't be recaptured. Now, granted, you know, wonderful things can happen when when your loved one comes back home and, you you know, you can make up for a lot of that. But it's there, you know, and, and you all had to go through it. So, yes, it is a, a, a grief-type situation in a way.
1: Mm-hmm. But I think when you, talk- you ask the question. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say, you talk about two best offensive weapons and um, that you can actually grow these. And and I'd like to talk a little bit about that.
8: Yes. um, Two of the the most um, positive things that you can do in situations like this, and not just grief. I mean, I think um, in the military, if you're, connected, if your family is part of a military family, you know, change is happening all the time. And sometimes it's a welcome change. Sometimes it isn't. But you can be sure that change is always going on. And these two offensive weapons will help you to cope with whatever comes up in a more positive way. And that is hope and resilience. You know, we, and I read this this research article recently, you can, or several, you can grow hope and resilience. A big part of it is to, you know, has to do with your overall attitude toward life. You know, do you look at things in a positive way or, you know, do you see everything from, from a negative viewpoint? You know, positive is going to help you in every area of your life Um, both of these things um, have to do with relationships too when you cultivate connections with people and you know these positive relationships um, build hope because you have support you have um, you know outlets um, that are nurturing Um, you know you have a positive experiences in your life through the you know the good relationships that that you develop, and I think in the military, I know you know that was such a huge part um, of our military experience. I mean, our the people who were in our squadron and you know in our groups became our family because you know our families were far away, and those relationships, um, you know, we truly did support each other in every way. Um, through the things that happened socially and, you know, those were a very powerful part of um, of what we did. Um, Excuse me. But, yes, relationships make a huge um, difference. The way that you view life, humor is huge. You know, we all in our lives, I think, um, when we're able to look for things to laugh at, you know, things, reasons to laugh, reasons to be joyful, we're going to boost our hope by doing that when we focus on those kinds of things and the positive. And, you know, sometimes we have the, you know, the feeling that we're not in control, that, you know, our circumstances control us. When we view life from that perspective, um, that tends to lessen hope because we really are in control. I mean, things happen to us, yes, that we have Mm -hmm. no control over, but our response to the things that happen determines what kind of outcome we're going to have. So attitude, just an overall attitude toward life um, and looking outward for, you know, experiences and, and setting goals and working toward, you know, things and all of those build hope. in in our lives and we're going to be more resilient hope and resilience go right together you know staying flexible when you're in the military you know (laughs) if you're not flexible
1: (laughs) I was going to say they almost have to go hand in hand because sometimes you can hope for things but they the the end result isn't always as you expect and therefore in order to keep hope you have to be resilient
8: (laughs) Well, and are you a? you know, can you look for the good even in a negative situation? Mm-hmm. Because mm. normally there is some good. You know, if you look hard enough, regardless of what it is, you can find something good. You know, maybe it's what you learned. You know, maybe yeah. it's what you discovered about yourself. Sure. Um, you know, that you were able to do things or cope with life in ways that you didn't really know you could until you were put to the test so you know it's it's looking for the good and gratitude is huge you know gratitude builds hope when you can look at your life and be grateful for the things that you have for you know if you have trouble someday it's not a really good day look outside and be grateful for you know the beauty that you see outside your window i mean there's always something that we can be grateful for, the people in our lives, uh, you know, our um, God. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's so many things. And when we um, look for the things to be grateful for, that builds hope also.
1: Yes. And I think, isn't it true, Judy, um, that um, looking for something good each day is what helps you keep a good perspective on it because then you're not almost sucked into that vortex of negativity that by being positive you're going to have that outlook, you're going to have the hope and you're, then you're going to be strong enough to be resilient when the time comes. Judy, That's when right. uh, where can we find you more of you and where can we find your books and where can we find where you might be uh, speaking or appearing?
8: Well, the best way um, to find the latest information, um, to find the books, and you can um, go there and go other places to buy the books, go to the website, because everything that's current will be there. And the website is stunnedbygrief.com. You'll find um, everything that you're mentioning, plus a lot of resources, um, a lot of um, complementary resources that will help people with all sorts of things about grief to understand, and um, just, you know, great resources.
1: And the books um, are at this website as well, Stunned by Grief? Yes, or the books should are they... on the website. Yes. Okay. You can buy
8: them directly from us, or you can. there are buttons for Amazon, for Barnes & Noble, um, and any bookstore can order the books. All you have to do mm-hmm. is ask. But um, there are definitely links on the website where you can purchase the book.
1: That's wonderful. And we want to just also encourage people to realize the journal is, is pretty much a standalone alone guide as well. You do not need to have the book, although, of course, we suggest you read the book. But um, I think that it's really nice that the, the journal is is a standalone alone piece. Judy Brizendine, uh, it's been wonderful chatting with you, and we really appreciate not only uh, you visiting with us, but for taking uh, this initiative to compile these, these thoughts, these resources, uh, all of these affirmations in the book. And I love the little side notes and the little footnotes throughout the book, that there are uh, little quotes and little affirmations everyone can benefit from. Um, Judy Brizendine, thanks so much for being here with us.
8: Thank you. I, I loved being here. When I think back
7: on these times and the dreams we left behind, I'll be glad because I was blessed to get to have you in my life. When I look back on these days, I'll look and see your face. You were right there for me.
1: spending this time with us today on Memorial Day. This is Robin Boyd for Sandra Beck. Join us again next week on Military Mom Talk Radio.
0: Thank you for being part of Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com with Robin Boyd and Sandra Beck, the owner of Motherhood Incorporated. Military Mom Talk Radio is here each week to provide a powerful platform for women to discuss their ideas, issues, and concerns with respect to the military lifestyle. For more information on the show or Sandra and Robin, go to militarymomtalkradio.com. This is their mission. Helping military moms. So join us again next Monday for Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd, Monday afternoons, 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on TogiNet.